Hi guys, welcome to the show today. Here we have uh, Ishan Date who got to Wharton, the business school of the University of Pennsylvania, and uh, he will now introduce himself. Um, hey guys, my name is Ishan Date. Uh, so Vishwajit uh, rightly introduced. So I got into the Wharton School of Business, which is the business school at the University of Pennsylvania, which is part of the Ivy League and. Um, Fun fact: I'm actually not going to school this year. I'm on a gap year, so I'll be going to campus uh, next year, hopefully, because uh, I just couldn't be asked with uh, the Zoom classes. But yeah, I'm uh, happy to be here, and I uh, hope you have a good show. Could you please tell us the schools you got into? Oh yeah, sure. It's actually been quite a while since uh, those letters came in. I got into Wharton as you must have already found out by now. I did get into University of Southern California which is uh, on the west coast. Uh they have a school called the Marshall School of Business so USC. Then I did get into a few other schools in the states which were um, University of North Carolina uh at Chapel Hill, Indiana University. and uh, the last school i did get into was uh, notre dame so those are the schools i got into in the us i did get rejected uh, from a few too like uh, cornell and nyu but uh, we'll we'll take the wins stuff today. happens right uh, not so much into the us <laughs> it sure does and uh, apart from that i just applied to the uk where i got into four out of the five schools i applied but I think today's discussion is centered around the uh, US application process so those are schools I got into in the states I mean like that's quite an achievement considering the number of schools you got into Um yeah the the strike rate is somewhat like 50% How did you initially go about the right, process of uh, the applications and stuff <clears throat> Um so basically since somewhat like ninth grade uh there was always like a sense of understanding that i was going to apply abroad because i didn't really see many avenues for what i wanted to do in india per se mm-hmm. so i knew that there were like few basic things that schools abroad looked for which were like extracurriculars and uh, they weighted the weighted uh, leadership positions heavily So I started working towards this and uh, um, that is what I did for the first 2 years of high school and then beginning 11th grade is when I started to look at uh, other kids resumes who had got into these school and uh, ne- just k- kind of started to like say delve a little bit deeper into what the technicalities of the admissions process were right and uh, took it from there really when did you actually start with the application process Oh that's a pretty good question to be honest. So um the application deadlines which we we'll, I'm sure we'll delve into later are somewhere in November or January for most schools. Uh I actively started say researching and say putting in a lot of effort for the application process probably May of that year. Mm-hmm. So senior year which is 12th grade and um the summer uh, of that particular grade but if you ask since when did i have like an idea of when i was like starting to 
put in effort into the application process that probably be a year before that so that's 11th grade or junior year and uh, that summer so just uh, researching about schools and finding out what their past essay prompts were and so on and so forth right i mean we could see you running around school all day <laughs> anyways oh, sure did couldn't really put on any weight because of that next we'll just talk about the application process in general because uh, i think many students are basically confused on where to apply and how to apply and there's a lot of stuff on the internet and uh, that really messes up your head a bit so could you just put it up in short on where you applied and how you did it yeah i think uh, that's a good question you raised that cuz i see like a lot of kids have this query especially the ones just starting out in the process exactly so to apply to the united states there are a bunch of say forums or applications the most common and widely accepted is something called the common application so you would find it on the internet you need to make an account and you add all the colleges on that and then you see like certain requirements for each college on that application and then there's a few which are uh, required by all of them so they're like for say mandatory requirements for the common app itself right so the co- it's stuff like general information standardized testing information transcript information and um, there's two other sections which are called activity sections okay which is essentially your main avenue to list out all your major extracurriculars and uh, after that there's something called a writing section so the writing section is a 650 word essay you get eight prompts to choose which uh, one you want to write on which are released in february every year for that particular admission okay. cycle i think i had to with so, this essay right uh, you definitely did i we, i wrote it on the literary club in school that yeah, i yeah. found so that was my essay and there's like there's an option at the end of like the list of prompts which says write on your own prompt so that's somewhat of a risky option but if you think you have stuff which doesn't fit the bill in any of the other prompts go for it um uh, that is essentially how the common app works and uh, i i'd recommend that even if you're not going to like actively apply just try to okay. open it in see because if you don't miss anything on it there's a good chance you'd be able to manage your time better come crunch season right okay what are the application cycles that uh, students should use oh yeah this is there's a pretty uh, uh, so a lot of kids who like think of applying to college i think this is my single biggest recommendation is to make use of different cycles that colleges have because each cycle isn't the same and applying under different cycles increases or decreases your chance depending on which cycle you apply in so um for the united states there are um, let me talk you through all the cycles there are so there's something called the early action program the early decision program 
restricted early action program regular decision early decision two so these are essentially five or six how many ever ever have listed cycles in the united states now to briefly talk you through each of them the early action is a program wherein the deadline to submit your application is october the 15th for some schools and november the 1st for most schools okay and you get your results somewhere in december or uh, january you can apply to as many schools as you want under the early action program there's no cap on it was this the one you used um so i used a couple of um, these are, i mean i used early action to apply to a couple of schools wharton wasn't one though wharton falls under the early decision program so i'll speak about that next okay but i did apply uh, early action to a few schools so university of north carolina indiana university these are all early action schools um uh, so early decision is a program wherein you can only apply to one school and not all schools have an ed program okay but the schools which do you can only apply to one particular school under the ed program and that decision comes out december the 15th around that time for all schools and this is a pretty funny program because uh, if you get accepted under the early decision program you have to go there it's like a contractual obligation uh but if you don't then you're free to advance into say the other cycles like such as the regular decision ed2 so on and so forth so that is one to keep in mind and uh, i did apply to vote in under ed and i did not get in but uh, not did i get rejected now that you've like brought it up let me just quickly and briefly explain how the early decision results work okay so the early decision results come out in december mid december and uh, you can either get accepted rejected or deferred so what deferred means is that your decision comes out with a regular decision pool which is march end right that's clear right um so we have done ea ed and now for something called rea which is restrictive early action so way few schools do this like i think schools just do this to be kind of different it's like it's an american thing um so one popular school which does it is stanford stanford does an rea which means this is restrictive early action so you can apply early action but only to one school right now you would ask how is that different from early decision the way it's different is that if you get in you don't have a contractual obligation to commit to the school but uh, you can only apply to one school under early action and which would you like so recommend to students that. though so what i recommend is that uh, if you have a school where you clearly think is like a number one fit Okay. where even if you got into all the other schools and you still go there then i'd say you apply under the early decision program because that really shows schools that they are your number one choice and there's a higher chance they think that you are their number one choice because of that that's true uh but that is 
but the thing with early decision programs is that if you get in you'll have to pay whatever money say whatever tuition cost or whatever uh, say the total some total is that you would need to pay the only instance under which you can decide not to go to a school on an ed result is if they do not give you financial aid and you had applied for financial aid while applying so we'll get into this a little bit later but uh, that makes yes. sense right so this is the early part a uh, big recommendation make the most use of it because um, this is when a lot of other people are sleeping and if you woke uh, you'd probably get where you want to uh they're coming to like the regular decision pool so this is where literally everybody applies under which is uh, january 1st somewhere around that after new year's day that's when the deadline is and decisions come out march end so it's a regular decision i think it's self explanatory now just to cover like uh, a very unique concept which is early decision 2 so very few colleges do it which nyu does it boston college does it which is you apply on the regular decision deadline but if you apply under ed2 your decision comes out february the 15th okay and if you get in then you're contractually obligated to come to that school and take your application withdraw it for all the other schools that's right I mean the next section we would like to explore is a uh, examinations you concentrated on because I think most students make this mistake of blindly studying for all the examinations and universities don't actually ask for all the examinations that is if you're smart about which transcripts you send and and also letters of recommendations like who you approached what teach what kind of teachers were you looking for and uh, how you got what you wanted oh definitely <laughs> that's a one way one sentence question uh, so to start off with examinations as i mentioned uh, what's important is that you keep your academic record steady more than mm-hmm. anything else um if you're getting good grades in 9th grade don't drop the baton in 10th grade or uh, keep it consistent throughout the other uh, side of the coin is that if you started mediocre somewhere in 9th grade always have an upward trajectory so mm-hmm. if you get a few b's in 9th grade by the time you reach 11th grade 12th grade try to make most of those into a's at least that's what you need like for the top schools because if only at the end of 10th grade you're starting to turn those b's that's too little too late so if anybody's watching this or uh, the the one piece of say evidence that colleges value most is uh, academic transcripts from your school and then there's obviously standardized testing so my uh, the thing with let me just uh, share my screen real quick i think that would allow you to get a better understanding i am okay yeah so uh, these are uh, the important documents that say so once you get an sat or an act score between the 25th and 75th percentile of a school and you can easily find these online anywhere uh, my recommendation is that you stop putting in more effort on standardized testing because no school will reject you because of your 
standardized testing score if it's between the 25th and 75th percentile and there's other factors on that list which you could make uh, stronger to increase your chances that makes sense or uh, the IELTS or the TOEFL is like an English proficiency test or uh, you could definitely explore both of them and if you go to like an English medium school these aren't very hard so probably like a week of study or two weeks and one time attempt should be good or uh, try to write one of these because it can help you apply to a lot of other countries too or uh, then there's the SAT subject test so if you're going for if you're going to work in or if you want to apply to business schools even if they don't require them write the subject test called math level 2 it's out of 720 i mean it's out of 800 sorry i got 720 on it but it's a very important exam because it shows the colleges that you have a good math understanding you will be required to use like a graphing calculator on math 2 but it's super important exam it's a, a big plus if you have it then there's the letters of recommendations that wish we were talking about so uh, i'll just like to tell you a small story to barely take a minute uh, think about 7 or 8 years ago there were two girls from the same high school who wanted to apply to harvard one of them asked for a lor from uh, bill clinton and the other one asked for it uh, from her school janitor and the one who got it from bill clinton didn't get in while while the other girl did so the moral of the story is ask for lors from people who know you more personally because the numbers will do the rest of the talking but the personal relationships are what can't be explored through transcripts or predicted grades and stuff like that that's true so definitely do that definitely and i think wishes would agree that uh, definitely building personal rapport with teachers is more hard what do you want to say about it because if you ask for lors from people you don't know like most teachers what they do is they just have a fixed template which they use and they use it for all the students so so if five of you apply from the same school you'll have really identical lors if you if i'm making the point clear now yeah, yeah definitely and uh, uh, i think that's is, what the risk is yeah and thing is you have to keep it you as ishan said if you build a personal rapport with the teachers you and the teachers going to have really good understanding so they'll tend to move out of the template and write more personal things about you they'll uh, explore stuff about how you behaved in class and how your general conduct in school is so it's going to be a huge plus point for all of you definitely uh, and the question about which teachers to ask it from i would say uh there's two ways to approach it the first one being uh, the the subject which you are applying for to in the, to the university so if you're applying for a physics major then definitely ask your physics teacher don't go ask your language teacher uh, so that's got to be your main focus and then once you have like one main uh, recommendation letter for the subject you want to apply to get a few supplementals around it so from teachers who know you personally but subject might not be of as much relevant so mm-hmm. say an english teacher or a math teacher math teacher could be very important uh so just stuff like that and 
letters of recommendations are more important than people think they are so definitely don't leave them for the end uh put a lot of emphasis on those that would be like my piece of advice mm-hmm. and uh, that's about all for like the important requirements uh this last point that i wanted to cover is it it helped me a lot to be honest is the fact that when you write essays to schools and if you want to demonstrate a lot of interest so uh, i think vishreet will agree with this uh, we had a friend called khushri who did get accepted into nby so That's shout true. out to her and yeah. she she taught me this that uh, if you say inquire about certain things at your school to the admissions office and you'll find their email on their school website very easily it helps embed your name in their heads if that makes sense yes and if you true. send meaningful queries like that it signals say initial interest that you want them and hopefully then they'd want you to i mean if you if i remember correctly uh, in her essay she personally mentioned the teacher's name the professor's name and the course she wanted to pursue so i'm thinking maybe that did help her also definitely it does so whatever department you want to apply to in like that school so i'll give you my example from wharton mm-hmm. so when i got deferred i used to read this newsletter from wharton called uh, with wharton knowledge knowledge at wharton sorry and there was an article about uber and their revenue model and how their cash flows weren't sustainable so i read that and then i shot that professor an email who had written that yeah and he very much responded back so if you want want to talk about professor's research to a professor they'll be damn keen to reply back to you and then you could use that as say a statement of interest i mean it's sense. obvious everyone wants to talk about themselves <laughs> self obsessed world but uh, definitely that will be like another key takeaway from my experience at least and uh, i think it's important to mention that if you maintain a good rapport with the teachers it will help you with your predictive grades a lot <laughs> uh definitely would and uh, the fact is though if you study in india so that's like cbse mm-hmm. your final results would come out after you have admission and you, the united states doesn't really give provisional admission so if you do get admission in march or the december whatever it is you will have that offer unless you fail the grade or something along those lines so try to start the year strong because if you leave too much for the year end and say the board exams and when those results come it's practically pointless it's fine if you do shit in boards but if you start off the year strong get a good prediction and then fall off the rails if that makes sense i mean i think you already get the admission even before the board results come out right even before you write the boards exactly anyways so next we'll talk about the sat exams the standardized tests right so how did you actually prepare for that because i see a lot of students uh, breaking their heads over that exam and uh, some tears are shed after the results come <laughs> a lot uh, a lot of tears are shed to be honest but uh, so uh, the sat is one of two standardized tests that uh, you could 
right in order to apply to the united states the other one being the act or uh, the american college test but unfortunately where we lived so that was muscat oman mm-hmm. there's really only the sat centers there were no act centers so i think uh, that choice got made uh, right there for me and uh, the thing with this exam is that it's out of 1600 now with an optional essay now the way i studied about it i think i i'd love to talk more about that but um, just to like answer your question the viewers who might be watching this i think you guys need to know that for this year at least a lot of colleges have waived off the sat or act standardized testing requirement because of covid and shit happens so um if you want to apply to any school so just make sure that they do require the sat before you write it otherwise you'd just be wasting time and money mm mm-hmm. uh, but uh, back to your question i think about um, how to prepare for those uh now i personally don't boast of a very high score i had the most modest score i gave three attempts i got a 1450 on my last attempt which was uh, between the 25th and the 75th percentile of uh, say Wharton uh-huh and uh, the way i studied for those was just a bunch of resources because i d- didn't really know what would work but what i think what i definitely recommend to other kids who ask me the same question is that do these things called QAS so QAS uh, is a question answer service so for select few sat attempts the college board who actually like orchestrates these tests and uh, facilitates them they release those tests with the answers okay and that's as close you will get to the actual test so i took a bunch of those from reddit and just crammed them before my last attempt and i think that helped me the most okay so now we'll be talking with the essays so i think the essays are really important and it's imp- like it's vital that you give proper effort and concentration and time into writing your essays right yeah definitely so i think that's like the main differentiator between applying to abroad versus applying to india per se yeah. because uh, i've seen like a lot of my friends like including you apply to india And yes. I think the other factors are somewhat uh, you can't really differentiate them to such a degree but the essays is something completely novel that uh, you don't really write too many of to begin with in school but are way pivotal when you decide to apply uh so as i explained before there's the common app essay which is 650 words that is that goes to all the schools so i'd say that that is one thing you need to definitely work your ass off on that's true many edits and show it to your friends show it to your teachers rewrite and rewrite so that's that but uh, when you apply to like more prestigious schools or say most selective schools per se mm-hmm. so that's like wharton and the ivies and mits and caltechs and stuff like that so all of these schools have something called a supplement essay which is different from the common app you definitely have to okay. submit on the common app but they have their own prompts and they ask you many questions 
and i think you need to uh, put in a lot of effort into these essays as well because this is where they get to see the admissions officers get to see uh, what is it about their school that you like and how would you be a good fit at their school some of the prompts are even as simple as how would you be a good fit at a school i mean that's essentially what the prompt is i mean there's no yeah. like as far as i've read all so we have a set of friends and <coughs> and if i notice the essay pattern and how they've written it the key to success in a essay is probably to keep it personal and it's really useful when you give it to your friends i guess because they know you really well so they can relate Definitely to what yeah. you've written so uh i used to i mean i still do run a college counseling service and uh, mm-hmm. there's one thing which i uh, tell all my clients which is the fact that there is a supplemental essay prompt that the school is asking you that's true there is there's a set of experiences that you have and then there's a set of opportunities that the school has to provide so your best bet my way to write these essays at least or what i tell people is that keep your set of experiences and passions in hand and try to look through the eyes of the school's opportunities about how you could put them to use or how those opportunities could bolster your passions or help you find new ones and stuff like that and then in a way answer the prompt about why this school is the ideal fit for you and i think if you go this way it's more than a hack to write this essay i think throughout the process even you will realize why you are applying to this school it's like discovering yourself definitely okay uh, the next thing we discuss is about financial aid because uh, even if you get in you got to pay them right Freedom bucks. That is true. Uh, right. True. So, financial aid, and trust me, I get a lot of queries about financial aid. Probably more so than anything else, because like in times of COVID, especially, say, the money is a more deciding factor than anything else. So, there's something called need-blind schools in the U.S., which look at your application. first decide whether to give you admission or not and then look at what financially you applied for that's need blind unfortunately a lot of these big schools in the us because they're privately owned and uh, they don't really do need blind so what they do is if you apply for financial aid they keep that in mind as a deciding factor while giving you admission that's true yeah that makes sense and uh, it needless to say that if you mathematically want to break down your chances applying for financial aid will reduce them significantly it will take you from a ratio of something like if you want to apply to Wharton of getting accepted about say 1 in 14 to about 1 in 51 and 60 if you're an international applicant that too because we're talking about international applicants at this stage if you're domestic then you fill out something um, called the fasa but since most of these viewers will be international uh there's something called the css profile on the common application it's the last step once you start the process you'll be able to see it 
you got to like put in a few details and that will estimate your financial aid requirement and send it to a lot of schools so you can decide to send it to some schools and not to the others so you can play it strategically decide on what your chances are and then see if you want to apply so if what i'd like to say is is if financial aid is a very big deciding factor and if you're not sure you'd be able to cover the cost to speak with your parents first then applying early decision could backfire in certain situations because you would have to pay the full amount if you get in and you haven't applied for so next we'll talk about uh, your personal journey and how you feel personally about your uh, journey into wharton because uh, one of the key points is uh, to keep yourself sane to maintain your mental health and and we would like to know how you handled it like in your head because uh, i imagine like after all your effort you got deferred and then yet you kept up the hope that you might get in that is uh, yeah i mean uh, interesting story so um because i was interested in doing business per se which is a very vague word and i still don't know what i want to do like on a very niche scale but mm-hmm. um, so i started looking up these schools and uh, i have like a couple of relatives who've gone to wharton for like mba and stuff That's but true. Uh, so if you want to go to wharton for undergrad so that's the number one ranked school for business like on the planet for undergrad so there's many other good mba schools and uh, i genuinely didn't think i would get in but at the same time i had like a belief that i would if that makes sense i i think it's just an optimistic nature but uh, as you said in, in yeah hope's all you can live by to be honest but uh, so in december i got deferred which i was kind of expecting i still have a video recording of me opening that decision <coughs> so um, i got deferred and when you get deferred you have two options first is to fill out a form send them an email i mean send them like an additional it's called a letter of continued interest okay and uh, wait till uh, march end that's when they send you the decision with the regular pool so what a deferral is basically they want to compare you with the regular admissions pool not the early admissions pool mm-hmm. so that is what a deferral is in its sense because uh, a lot of these schools fill up classes so if you want to fill up a class you want to take like one musician you want to take one sportsman say one uh, pianist and so on and so forth but uh, if you didn't really have like exceptional stories or grades or whatever you want an exceptional candidate to be accepted in the early round then they put you up against the people who applied in the regular and then they uh, make a decision so you you have to send them an extra pair of i mean an extra transcript and uh, a letter of continued interest uh, but like f- funnily enough i think uh, around that time as i told you early decision 2 so that's also a thing and nyu had an ed2 option and there's the second most highly ranked school called the stern school of business mm-hmm. and that was my second choice and i was like with my stats if i apply under ed2 i might be able to get in to nyu at least i believed so 
but i'd have to accept the decision within one week of it coming in mid february i couldn't yeah. wait till march end to know when decision so uh, i i just took like a leap of faith and i decided that uh, and i might not get in but uh, if i don't try i definitely won't get in and when it pays off it feels good but there's definitely days when it hasn't paid off as well but always uh, trust your gut that's what i always say that's kind of what i did there right okay so on an ending note what's one final piece of advice you would like to give people applying to wharton oh uh, with somebody like this who is there when i was applying but um nevertheless uh so uh, i'm trying to like think back to what is one thing i would tell myself at this moment when applying and uh, the the thing with wharton is that there's essentially three bases there's math there's leadership and then there's business so if you try to cover all three throughout your high school in terms of extracurriculars or experiences or essays and leadership whatever it is i think that would essentially make you like an all-round wharton candidate mm-hmm. if that makes sense and coming to the application process golden rule of advice of application sorry is research research the hell out of whatever you're applying for research the professors the programs make your essays as personal as possible and try to find out say traditions of the school or like a particular professor whom whose research you like and include those elements in your essays because the more personal you make it if you randomly write i like to go to the school because it's good they know they're good they don't really want you to reiterate it if you write saying that this is what i like it, it goes back to the point i said earlier about supplemental essays just know what you like what opportunities are there and uh, intertwine them and the rest is people deny it but it's just a game of chance so you could play all the cards right and still not get in not play all the cards right and still get in a little bit of it is chance but if you do this it'll definitely give you more of an edge than if you wouldn't have 